0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's gospel reading continues the series of difficult parables in Matthew, which seek to describe and explain the situation of the early followers of Jesus in Matthew's time. He is writing, most scholars think, around the year 80 or perhaps 90. So only 10 or 20 years after after the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70. Matthew's listeners may have experienced this violence themselves or heard the stories from family and friends. Matthew's story of the wedding banquet while disturbing and violent to our ears would most likely have been understood as referring to the destruction of the city and the temple. Very real events for those first Jewish hearers. Let us not forget that all the early followers of Jesus were Jews. The conflicts Jesus has throughout his ministry as described in Matthew and the other gospel writers are with religious leaders and other political authorities who are threatened by Jesus' message. In today's allegorical story, a king has prepared a wedding feast for his son. Traditional interpretation has it that the king is God and the son is Jesus. The king has invited people to the banquet, but they don't come. Even when reminded by the king's slaves, they are too busy working on their farms, tending to their businesses. And some are even so angry about the persistence of the king's messengers that they kill them. The king responds by destroying the city as Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. The king then invites everyone To the party. People off the street, the good, the bad, the poor, everyone is invited to feast. And that part sounds like good news. That's the God we want to know. But then the story takes a really disturbing turn. One guest. Who was no doubt happily balancing wine glass and plate, enjoying an unexpected delicious feast, is confronted by the host. Why are you not wearing a wedding robe? We're told the man was speechless, as we might be too if we had just been invited off the street to what we understood to be an impromptu party. The guest thought the king's invitation was an open invitation to come as you are, just to enjoy a delicious meal. Perhaps some live music, beautiful flowers, decorations, some time away from the usual humdrum of everyday life. But the king reacts incredibly harshly to the guest who is not dressed properly. He orders his servants tie this man up and throw him out of here into a place of darkness and great suffering. I don't know about you, but when I hear this, I just kind of shut down. I want to close that Bible, put it up on the top shelf in my office and maybe not open it up for a while. Maybe sit there, think about my grocery list, or perhaps where I will be going to lunch today after church. Perhaps you feel that way, too. But there is good news in here. Remember the context of Matthew's community. They saw the violence and destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the Holy Temple. Those who are left understand themselves to be the ones invited to the party in the second wave of invitations. They, like us, know ourselves to be both good and bad. Latecomers to the banquet, perhaps never really quite properly dressed, or maybe not sure even what the proper attire would be. They, like us, know that Jesus was killed and that he rose from the dead. They, like us, heard the stories of the first disciples who saw the risen Lord. They, like us, believe by faith. This good news that violence and destruction and death do not have the last word. Matthew tells his community and tells us that Jesus is the Messiah, the longed for, hoped for Savior, the one who invites us all to the table. The invitation is here and we are free to accept it. But it isn't a casual invitation. Proper clothing is required. Not literal clothing, of course. But we are asked, as St. Paul says, to put on the garment of Christ. Through our baptism, we are joined with Christ in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. So to be clothed in him is to wear his love His forgiveness, his humility, his concern for justice, his preference for the poor, to wear those things right next to our skin so we remember who we are and how we are to live and to treat others. To be clothed in him is to wear this gentleness, And kindness and forgiveness and love out into the world to be visible signs, joyful witnesses to the good news we have received and to invite others to come to the feast. I talked with a lot of different people this week about this story. To be completely honest, this is one of those where you turn the page to see what you're going to be preaching about and you go, oh, oh. (laughs) A really hard one. So I talked to a lot of folks. And one person said something which really stuck with me. She said, maybe the first guests, the ones at the beginning of the story, refused to come to the wedding banquet because they saw what might happen to them. That they somehow knew... There was risk or danger or expectation. She may have been on to something. I wonder if one of the reasons we find this story so uncomfortable is that part of us wants our faith to be easy. We want to come to the party in our own clothes when it's convenient for us. One thing this parable suggests is that we are not alone in our desire to be in charge of ourselves. To prefer God on our terms. The good news is that God, the heavenly king and creator of all of us, continues to invite us. That is the theme through the story. He just keeps inviting people. He invites us into real life where there is grief and darkness yes but where there is also feasting and joy and he asks of us that we participate God made a covenant with Moses and the people Israel God made a covenant with all of us through Jesus Jesus said at the Last Supper, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We are invited each week to drink from this cup, to show up right there with our whole selves, clothed as a child of God. And that means we need to be dedicated and committed and to participate in the love and forgiveness which has been poured out, unearned, on all of us. So I think we should be a bit awestruck, a bit humble, and maybe even hesitant. For this life of faith, lived fully, will be risky. It will be dangerous. It will require commitment over and over. And forgiveness over and over and over and over again. We can only do it in community, with each other, encouraging one another, feasting together, serving our neighbors, loving our enemies, and looking for new glimmers of God's heavenly kingdom breaking through in our world, pointing to those. And calling them out. Paul said to those gathered in Philippi, keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard. And the God of peace will be with you. So, my friends, as we begin again this journey together. As I learn more about you, and you learn more about me, and we listen for God's call to us as a community, may we be brave, may we take risks, may we clothe ourselves every morning in Christ. Amen.